title of um, title of my message tonight. Actually, I'll tell you the title in a minute. I'm going to give you the. We're going to look at the foundation scriptures. Matthew 10 and verse 22. The last part of verse 22 <clears throat> says. He who endures to the end shall be saved. That word saved there is to be made complete, to be healed and prosperous and whole and delivered and set free. He who endures to the end will be that way. He who endures to the end will have all his debts paid. He who endures to the end will be healed and healthy and whole in in situations in their bodies. Because the Bible says that. Not because... Every circumstance has worked out that way in every person's life ever in the history of the world. That's absolutely not the truth. But the Bible says that. And if the Bible says that, then we choose to believe it. Can you say amen? amen. He who endures to the end will be set free. Galatians 6 and 9, another verse that we've read. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The Amplified says, we, we, in other words, we will reap, in verse 9, if we don't loosen and relax our courage and faint. If we don't loosen and relax, that word courage is faith. We don't loosen and relax our faith and faint. If we don't give up, if we don't quit, there's a due season and an appointed time. That's where God wants, that's what God wants you and I to believe in. That God has due season and appointed time, always. And in, in the Old Testament, another verse that we've been looking at is in the book of, of Habakkuk. And chapter 2, and verse 2. Then the Lord answered me, and he said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that they may run who read it. For the vision is yet for, for what? For an appointed time. That means there's more waiting. The vision is yet for an appointed time. So God creates the vision. God has the plan. He had a plan for you before you were. He creates the plan. He puts it in your heart, and he said it's for an appointed time. And notice, notice what's interesting about this. You, uh, we've read this over and over again, but every time I read it, it just keeps speaking to me. But at the end, in other words, the vision will speak when you've done it. Right? So, we've, so for two messages, we've, we've talked uh, in this summer faith series, we've talked about faith and perseverance. Then for two other messages, we've talked about faith and rest and understanding how they operate. Well, tonight, in regards to these, in, in regards to and continuing in these passages of Scripture, I want to look at Mark chapter 11 and just verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, along my message, I'll kind of allude to some of what Jesus was talking about here in this story, in this situation that happened with with, um, the disciples in the fig tree. But his point here was, have faith in God. And um, what he was saying to them is this. Have faith in God and don't fear that God can't. Have faith in God means don't be afraid that He can't. Now, some things as I was reading this passage, some things that just kind of jumped out at me as I've, as I've been studying this and, and going over it. Um, what, what he didn't say was, have faith in myself. He didn't say, have faith in your ability. He didn't say, have faith in your faith. 
He said, have faith in God. That's what we're talking about. What, what does having faith in God look like? Now, you know, my gosh, the world we live in has got so many ideas about God. The world we live in has so many ideas about everything. And the world we live in, everybody in the world we live in has an opinion about everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, all that really matters is what God thinks. Yeah. Right. Well, but that's just your interpretation. You know, what God thinks to you might be different than what God thinks to someone else. I've had many people tell me that. Well, you know, uh, I had a guy tell me this one day. He said, but yeah. But, you know, the God you talk about, you know, well, that could be the same God that this other guy talks about. And I said, well, what does that guy believe? Well, he believes this. Well, that's not the God I know, <laughs> you know. But all roads lead to God. You know how it works, right? No. No, no, no. One road leads to God, Amen. the God of the Bible. One road. I mean, you, you, can, I mean you, can, you can worship a tree. And you can make a God out of a tree or anything else. I mean, you can worship whatever you want to worship. But I'm talking about the God of this book. Amen. Right? And the God of this book thinks one way, but the way he thinks evolves in people that want to get closer to him. Right. You draw near to God, God will draw near to you. God will not force his ideas, his plans, or anything else on us. Right? So... He's not saying here, have faith in yourself. Now, I'll, I'll, I didn't say don't have confidence in, you, in who you are and, and those kind of things. But you have, to, you have to look at that. And what we're talking tonight is really balancing out and deciding within ourselves all the time as we're judging our hearts and, and things, where is my faith? Where is my faith? Jesus said, have faith in God. Um, <clears throat> in 40 years of salvation, my faith has been developing. How about yours? Yeah? Yeah? Has everybody's faith been developing? Yes. Okay. Should I have faith in my developed faith? Now don't answer that. Think about it for a minute. Should I have faith in my developed faith? Think about it for a minute. Is faith in God having faith in my faith? Okay, think about it. Think about it. I didn't say that answer's wrong. Just think about it. Is having faith in God having faith in my faith in God? Okay? Now, I'm going somewhere with this. And, I, and, and if I let myself, I could preach really loud and scream and everything else. So I'm, I'm kind of controlling myself tonight. So... I'm just going to lead you down this little path, and I want you to catch a few things. Um, I, I believe, from what the Bible says, that what God's looking for is not perfection in a person. He's looking for a heart that is turned toward Him. A, a heart that when you need something, you go to Him first. When... when when your head is hurting, you don't go to the medicine cabinet first, you go to God. Now, you know, people say, well, you know, I just had a long day and I needed a couple of aspirin. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I do that too. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But if you're not going to develop your faith in the fact that he's your healer, by going to him first and declaring certain things, you won't develop your faith but then on the other hand, you can develop your faith and get so confidence in how strong your faith is and sometimes forget about the one that gave you the faith. Now, 
Just, just hold with me here. I, I, I've got scripture to back every single thing up. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say a few things here, and so bear with me and take what I'm going to say, and then I'll define it as we go. All, 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 over, all over the world, well, I'm going to go back to the 1970s. Anybody ever remember a guy named Norman Vincent Peale? Remember him? Okay. The power of positive thinking, right? Now, Mr. Peale, he's passed away now, but uh, he, I, I, when I first heard about the guy, I wasn't a Christian. So I kind of liked him. I, I found out about him through a guy that was, a, was kind of a, before you, everybody talked about life coaches and all those kind of things, before that, um, this guy was one of those back in the 70s, and he, held, and he dealt with athletes. And so, you know, I was, in, I was an athlete, I was in the golfing world, and, and so I was around a, some high-profile people, and they had people that were like life coaches. They didn't call them that, but that's what they were. But most people connected with Norman Vincent Peale and the power of positive thinking. And... If you ever read any of his stuff, and, and I found out later that he was a Christian, and, and I didn't know that, and even, even after I got born again, and into hearing people teach on faith and confession and, and things like that, there was just something about some of his positive confessions that bothered me. I don't know what it was. I just, I, I, it would bother me at times. But over time, I got over that and really embraced some of the things that he was saying. But... A lot, of the, a lot of the positive thinking movement, okay, is all about you being and you being and you're it and your faith, you know, or your abilities or your, or all the things that you can do. It's you, 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 you. It's all about you. That's not what we're teaching here. Now, I told you, I'm going to say some things, and then I'll, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to show you in the Scripture. That's not what we're saying here. It's not all about what I can do. It's about, can I have faith in something I can't see, I can't hear audibly, unless he lets me hear him audibly? That's not the norm. Can I have faith and confidence in what he says so that when I declare what he says about something, I really believe it's so because he said it, not because I confessed it 940 times. See, when my faith is in how much I've confessed in something, how many, raise your hand, you believe that Pastor Burt believes in confession? Okay. We believe in confession. But if my faith is in my confession and how well I can do, that looks like works to me. And actually it is works. If my faith is in the fact that how much I pray and how much I do and all these things, the problem with that is you will never measure up. You will never, ever, ever, ever be enough. So, where I'm going with this partly has to do with what the enemy does in working against people's lives. Because what the devil will do is he'll, he'll bring, number one, what he brings is condemnation. Okay, But with the condemnation, he brings shame and, and what he brings into your life is to get you to compare yourself to someone else that's doing something supposedly greater in the natural than what you're doing and then wearing you out with how you're not strong enough, you don't have enough faith, you don't do enough this, if you confessed enough, if you prayed enough, well, if you did this, then you'd, do, you'd be accomplishing what these people are accomplishing. The devil brings condemnation. In 1 John 3 and verse 19, 
Let's look at a few verses to kind of bring this together. Verse 19. Man, this is a powerful passage right here. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us and shames us, because condemnation and shame go hand in hand. If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and He knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have what? Confidence. Confidence. We have, the word confidence is faith. We have confidence toward God or in God. Jesus said, have faith in God. Have confidence in God. Have confidence in God's ability to do exactly what he said he would do. Now watch this. Because when I have confidence that God, God will do what he said he'll do because my faith is in him. Then watch the next verse. And whatever I ask, I receive from him because I keep his commandments and I do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Everything I ask, I receive. Why? Because I press into him. I find out from him that what he said in the word is really true. And over time, as I'm confessing the word, what's becoming reality to me is, is that what he said is true, and I believe that what he said is true, so when I say what he says is already so, then I have everything I ask for. I'm going to say it like that again, if I can. Yes. I have to believe today that what God says in His Word is so, is so. So then what I say out of my mouth that I'm declaring, and when I say something in faith in God, all I'm doing is reinforcing what He's already said is so confession that we preach and teach about that the bible talks about on a day-to-day basis to change your thinking to renew your mind to have your soul change the way you think is so that you can be in a position to ask things and declare things and pray things and see the results if your thinking never changes then your outward results will never change And to have faith in God is totally different than having faith in yourself. Because really, really trying to have, you you really won't have faith in yourself because you won't measure up. So what what you're doing is you're trying to have faith in the fact that you're doing enough and there's enough works and I'm working at it hard enough and all these different types of things. I'm trying to be accepted by God by all my good works. And the good works that I'm telling you about are the things that we teach here. Confession, prayer, study of the Word, all those things. But the Bible says, but for the grace of God, I'm absolutely nothing. Now follow with me. Look at John 16. Big John 16. Big bed John. And verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. Jesus is telling his disciples. For if I do not go away, the helper, who's the helper? Holy Spirit. He will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will do what? What does it say? He will convict the world of what? Sin. Man, I want you to catch what I'm fixing to say right here. I want you to catch this. You may even think you know it. Maybe you do. But you don't know it like you need to know it. What I'm fixing to... Everybody just close your eyes for a minute and just envision yourself... 
a ball's coming right at you and you got a glove in your hand and you're catching it. Poof. Just vision yourself catching what I'm fixing to tell you. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The devil brings condemnation. Holy Spirit brings conviction. The devil brings condemnation to condemn you for mistakes. And with the condemnation comes shame for not measuring up. The Holy Spirit brings conviction regarding sin or disobedience to God. And when He brings the conviction, notice, the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you about other people's mistakes. But condemnation does. When you feel condemned about things not working right in yourself, have you ever noticed how judgmental you can get about other people? In other words, you, you want to pass judgment on people that are doing things that you're not doing well at. Condemnation and shame put us in that place. When Jesus said, it'll profit you that I go away, or if I go away, then I'll send you the helper, and what will he do? Help! Right? He'll come and he'll help me do what? He'll help me and convict me about things that are actually working against my life, and he'll come in and liberate me and set me free, because what he does is he shows us what's not right, but then he empowers us to go do right. Win-win. Every single time, it's a win-win. And the reason it's a win-win is because, you notice 1 John 3 said, when our heart does condemn us, when we've been listening to the lies of the enemy, God's greater than that. Huh? Huh? Man, every single time we can overcome. He condemns us. But God's greater than my heart. And he knows all things. And as I pursue God, it, it creates this confidence and this faith in the fact that he will do what he said. That's why you've got to know the word. You don't know the word to educate yourself so you can prove to God that you're worthy to you know, receive manifestation. We get in his word to prove that we're in a position to be able to receive from him because we think like him and we believe that what he says is going to come to pass is going to come to pass but we work on that and develop that in our life on a day-to-day -day basis not through labor to feel like God's going to accept us God accepts you just like you are in the midst of and in spite of anything you've ever done he accepts you just like you are one of the things that's huge with people is that when there's condemnation and shame and hear me when I say this when there's condemnation and shame you won't forgive yourself and I'm telling you throughout the rest of this year and beyond we're going to talk about what it really looks like to be forgiven and to forgive ourselves you know why people can't love their neighbor? Bible tells you. You can't love your neighbor because you don't love yourself. The reason you don't love yourself is you don't forgive yourself for the mistakes you made because the devil's condemning you. But at the same time he's condemning you and bringing shame, you're judging everybody else and finding yourself so busy condemning everybody else with the condemnation that you're living in in your own life. When God freed us. How do we get free of that? Having faith in God. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you, having faith in God is simple. But you have to be determined. Determined. Not faith in yourself. Not faith in the fact that you're doing enough. Not faith in all these things. I promise you, you will do enough because of one thing. And I'll tell you in a minute. Just because of one thing. You'll do, you'll do enough because of a specific thing. Amen? So, 
when you're focusing on God and you sin, what does the Bible tell you to do? What? Meaning, repent. Right? Does he tell us to repent? Some people are almost afraid of repentance. But in Hebrews 10, turn there just for a second. <clears throat> some people don't even, some people don't, well, maybe, some, maybe you've heard of this before, but a lot of people don't even know this is in the Bible. Verse 15 of Hebrews 10. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he, he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, meaning these days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Look at verse 17. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. When did that start? When Jesus sat down. Right hand of the Father, finished everything, it's all finished. I will remember nothing that you ever do. The devil will remind you of all the mistakes you've ever made. He'll remind you how you don't measure up. He'll shame you with things making you feel like you're not good enough, you can't overcome, you can't do this, all this. He'll shame you to the point you can't forgive yourself, and then you'll spend your life condemning other people. Because, watch this, when a person sins and they repent and they know God doesn't remember that stuff, in fact, God didn't remember it before you sinned. But that verse of Scripture is there for you to empower you to not give in to that. Because the devil's trying to say, look, look, you know, what God's going to do? No, no, he didn't remember none of my stuff. None of it. People do. But say, I don't. You don't ever have to remember any of it. You don't have to meditate on any of it. You can stay focused on doing what's right. Right? Because what overshadows wrong? Right. Every single time. And if we do that, and we realize that God, that God himself doesn't remember anything, then why in the world should we sit around focused and meditating and feeling shameful and condemned and woe is me and all these kind of things when God doesn't even remember. Now, follow with me as I finish this. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Everybody goes through stuff. But Paul says here, I'm not ashamed. For I know everything. No. He said, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. What has he committed to you and I? He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll always be there for you. And he will make sure that the word of God that he sent to heal you and deliver you and set you free in every way, that word will be performed if you have faith in him. In him. Notice what, Paul, notice what Paul didn't say here. 
It's all kinds of things we suffer. You know the verse, actually, it's, it's a couple of pages over in um, the fourth chapter. You don't have to turn there, just listen to it. You can write it down if you want to. But it's the, it, no, it's the third chapter of 2 Timothy, and it's verse um, 11. He said, uh, well, verse 10, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. See, if you don't quit, you reap. You reap everything. Everything God promised you, you reap if you don't quit. Verse 12 says this, Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. What Paul didn't say in verse 12 here is, well, you know how it is. Everybody suffers persecution. You know, maybe God will and maybe God won't. He didn't say that. He said, yeah, I suffered persecutions. And if anybody had an opportunity to complain and moan and groan about the things that he went through for the sake and for the good of you and I and everybody else, it was him. But he said, no. He said, I'm not ashamed. No shame. Devil brings shame, brings condemnation. In, in, and, and pressures you and holds you down where you can't forgive yourself. Paul wasn't there. He said, for I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that what he's promised, he's able to do it. And that's what we develop our faith in. That's why we confess the word every day. I've confessed the word over my life for 40 years. I've read and studied the, the word of God for, for 40 years. I've prayed for 40 years. And I've continued for 40 years. I haven't backed off for 40 years. Oh my gosh, you deserve a medal. There's no medal. No. And, and, and I don't have to come in here and tell you, well, you know, I, you know, I, I get up every morning and I pray. I, I get out of bed at 4.30 and I pray for the next three and a half hours. And, you know, like putting you under condemnation because you get up at 7.30, you know, and you're dragging out of bed and, you know, you, you, you prayed for five minutes and you feel like a worm. That's not what, that's not what we're created to do. I, I, I want, I mean, there, there's times, I'll just say this, there's no medal for this, but there's times when some of you, you'll come to my mind and I begin to weep. There's times my children will come to my mind and I'll begin to weep as I'm praying for my wife or my mother-in-law or, or my father or different people that, that, that I pray for. I'll start thinking about people and I'll begin to weep and God, for them to see what you, what you created them to do and to fulfill the purpose and the plan. But if I would have quit, I would have never had that passion for people. I'd be about myself. Well, you know, I got to do this. And I got to get all my bills paid. I got to get all debt. got to get debt out of my life. I got to be well because you don't want anybody to think that I get attacked in my body. I got to be well. No, it's labor. That's flesh. See, that's works. God didn't create us to have faith in works. He created us to have faith in Him. And Paul said, man, I've been through some stuff, but I'm persuaded. There's nothing that can keep God from making sure if he's got to move heaven and earth, it's going to happen in my life. Dang, that hurt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, God is true. Heal my hand. No. God's true. He's true. And our faith is in him. You know what the title of my message is Sunday? I mean, I, I'm going to have to collect myself to be able to preach it. But the title of my message on Sunday is Faith in the Father. Gosh. Woo! It's going to be good. Anyway, i got to finish this. So, no faith in all those things, 
right? Really pressing into a place of understanding how to forgive ourselves and live in that place. You know what? That doesn't make, what do you mean forgive myself? That doesn't make sense to the natural mind. You know why? We haven't been taught, we haven't been taught that enough. In fact, some people have never been taught that. Yeah, I've got to forgive this person. I've got you know, to labor it, forgiving, forgiving. No, 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 no. You've got to forgive yourself. I carried unforgiveness like a ball and chain 10, 12, almost 15 years into my born-again life with one person. And I couldn't see clear how to really forgive that person until I forgave myself. And when I got my focus off of myself and realized God had forgiven me for everything, then I realized I was holding that person in judgment and doing things and, and verbalizing things over that person that was actually keeping them in bondage because they weren't even born again. God wants us forgiven and condemnation and shame to be something that's in the past. Every time those thoughts come, those things, or the devil try to condemn you, no, 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 no. You know, there's a verse of Scripture that says, agree with your adversary. And there are times when your adversary comes and says, man, look, you remember what you did? Yeah, you're right, I did. But the blood of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I did, I know. But the blood of Jesus. Yeah, I know, but, but God forgave me, I forgive myself. You know what, I'm free of that. That's, that's something in the past. And you know what? That's why we confess the word all the time so we know the word and how to declare it. And when you've pressed into the things of God and your faith is developing and your trust in God is developing, when you say those things, 1 John 3, 9 says, whatever you ask, you receive it. But those things are what we ask in faith. And the way you ask in faith about something is you believing God said it and he'll do what he said he'll do. So what you're doing in your asking is you're asking what he's already given you. So I'm not trying to get him to give me something. He's already done it. So what I ask and pray and declare out there and I want to see happen, it's because he's already said it so and I believe it. My faith is in him, not in how perfect I am. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for hearts turned and directed toward him so that anything we go through, Paul said, man, man, I've been through some stuff. But I'm persuaded. Amen. What God's promised, he will do it. Can you say amen? amen? Look at this amazing verse of scripture in light of what we're talking about. Ephesians chapter two. And then I'm gonna go to Hebrews and end. Hebrews 2, uh, what did I say? Ephesians 2, in verse 8. <clears throat> Ephesians 2 and 8, and then Hebrews, and then watermelon. Take a piece of that cold watermelon and put it on my knuckles. <laughs> okay, verse 8. For by grace, you have been saved. Yeah. Through what? Faith. That not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Right. Not of works, lest anybody should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before that we should walk in good works, that everything we do should be good. What he didn't say right here is this. We are not saved I had it in my mind. Uh, he, he didn't say this. For by faith you've been saved through faith. Now think about this. For, it just hit me as I was preaching this. For by faith, you've been saved 
through faith. Not what he said. By grace. So, you didn't get so educated on faith and so perfect on faith that by faith you got saved. But for the grace of God, there's no way for us to be saved from hell. No way. None of humanity. But for the grace of God, which is a gift. And all you have to do is receive it. And when you receive it, by faith in the fact that he said, I can receive, I'm saved. You confess with your mouth as a result of what you believe. If I believe he said it, and I accept, that's, that's why we don't, I never want to hurry someone to make a confession. Because a confession won't save you. You've got to believe. You've got to have faith in the fact that, wait, 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 that's the way he said it. You mean, that's all i got to do? I don't have to do a dance or stand on my head or, you know, lay on a bed of nails or do something? No. 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 Faith and confidence that what he said and the way he said do it, it'll work. Jesus, come live in my heart. Thank you for forgiving me for everything I've ever done. Ever? And it was already that way before you said it. All humanity, all of humanity, whether they're saved or not, have already been forgiven. But it won't work for people that don't accept it. Why don't they accept it? Because they don't know. That's it. No other reason. They don't know. That's why we got to know. We got to believe in this. It's got to work in us so that other people see it working in, 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 in our lives so we can give them something. And, and remember, what you're giving them is not your perfection. What you're giving them is the grace of God. Amen. Right? God's grace. By grace am I saved through faith. Not of myself. Not because of how good I am. Because of how awesome that He is. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. Hebrews 10 and verse 21, and I'll end with this. Hebrews 10 and verse 21. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. That's what he's looking for, true hearts. Hearts directed toward him. Hearts that have this full assurance of faith. Notice, he didn't say this perfected faith. He didn't say, because, yeah, perfected is developed. One of the translations of perfected in the New Testament is developed, perfected faith. And that's what he wants is developed faith. But our heads think of having to have faith in perfection. No, he said here, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Kind of sounds like what he was talking about in 1 John 3, right? About condemnation. And, and, and the enemy wearing our souls down with thinking that we're not enough, we're not good enough, and then shaming us with all those kind of things to where we can't be in a position to forgive ourselves and receive everything that God has for us. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith and having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is what? He's faithful. That's why I confess the word. That's why I renew my mind. That's why I study the word. That's why I can't let it go. There's days you don't feel like doing something. I can't allow myself to be moved by how I feel. I live by faith and not how I feel, right? And I can't allow myself not to do those things even when they seem monotonous and everything else because of what it does to my mind and my thinking to prepare me for times when I need the word in faith to be coming out of my mouth so I'm receiving the things I need so I don't have to look, I don't have to look for help, you know, in, in all the wrong places. 
people look in all the wrong places for help when their help draws nigh from God. He is my help. Can you say amen? I didn't say we don't need each other. We need each other. We need to be in agreement with each other. We need to be in faith and helping and doing. Because sometimes, sometimes your blessing will come through her. And her blessing will come through him and on and on. It, so we got to stay connected and obedient to the things of God. You see? But we can't believe God in this form of desperation, hoping that he's going to come through. We've got to develop our hearts so that we're in full assurance that just, okay, you know what? My head's screaming. I feel horrible in my body. But God said he'd come through. Lord, I trust you. Many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but God delivers us from them all if we have this full assurance of hope and faith that he will do what he said he'll do. Everybody say, it's simple. It's simple. To, to know that the pressure and all the weight is not on you to believe. It's simple. The pressure is not on you to believe. God's already delivered you of the pressure so that you can believe. Amen. Believing is not that hard if you get your mind correct and straight. If you get your soul renewed, believing is not that difficult because what you're believing in, I mean, it's open book. I get to read what he said is so. Wow, God said that? Then it's so. Right? Well, Pastor, I, you know, I read that and it's what it said and it's so, but it didn't work. And did you quit? Well, yeah, I kind of just threw in the towel and just gave up. Well, if you quit, you don't reap. <laughs> See, no matter how ugly it looks or how downcast at times we might feel and how heavy the load may feel or, the, or difficult the situation is to walk through, just don't quit. How simple is that? Just don't quit. No, I don't care. I just don't quit. I'm not quitting. I'm going to stay with it. I keep going. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to stand. I, I, I'm going to develop this. My heart's going to stay turned towards God. And if I keep my heart toward Him... My faith develops so that when I say specific things, all of a sudden I begin to get them because I just didn't quit. Sometimes I think we've built up in our minds, man, this walk of faith has got to be this perfect thing. And until I get to that point, I don't know if I'm going to get anything. And that's where the devil condemns you and beats you up. And you'll never get there. And I promise you, you never will. Because you're not enough. You can't do it on your own. It has to be by faith in Him. Have faith in God. Can you say amen? amen? Verse 35. And I'll end with this passage right here. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence or your faith, which has great, great reward. Notice it wasn't just reward, but great reward. Amen? My faith in God, ha have faith in God has great reward. For you have need of endurance, as we've talked about before, so that after you've done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith in God. But if anybody or anyone draws back, why would you draw back? No confidence. No faith, right? If anybody draws back, my soul has no pleasure in that, like in him. Not that God hates you because you're drawing back. Everybody draws back at different times because of the pressure. But when the pressure is on and the tendency is to want to draw back and not press into your faith and developing your faith, you just keep doing it. No matter how ugly it looks. You just keep doing it. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. The saving of the soul and what we're talking about tonight is we're not those who draw back, but we press in to the grace of God 
that everything in God is by grace through faith. And the fact that it's by grace means God has much grace and much mercy in me and on me and more than I even ever thought he did have for me. Empowering me to walk by faith and not by what I see. Because if you're in grace, I'll tell you this, you can forgive yourself. Someone else may remind you of something ugly that you did, and I don't, I'm not telling you don't take responsibility. You did something wrong, take responsibility for it. Anybody here today hear Bernie Sanders on television take responsibility by saying he didn't agree with what happened in Washington today? How many knew that in Washington some people were shot and nobody died except the shooter? But... Uh, this guy supposedly was part of his campaign group, a campaign for his election for president. And he said from the, from the uh, Senate floor, the House floor, he said, I just want you to know, I don't stand for this, no violence, I don't care what, what side of the camp that you're on. He, he just, in no uncertain terms, took responsibility and said, this is not right. Other people were blaming this, and well, you know, if, if the Republicans did this or they didn't, he just stood up and said, you know what, this isn't right. I don't care who you are, what party you're a part of, this should never happen to anybody. And I, I don't know, when I, when I hear people take responsibility for things like that, it, it, it's, good, it's good for people to hear that. And that's what you and I were created to do. You know what? When you're under the grace of God, nobody can hurt you. No mistake can control your life and control your destiny and keep you from receiving the things that God already had planned for you before the foundation of the world. Nothing can when you're under the grace of God. So we're not of those who draw back. We're those who press into the grace. And through faith, we overcome and we overcome and we overcome and we overcome and we have faith in the fact that God will do exactly what he said he'll do. And I'll tell you what, this is the year of following through, and this is the year of seeing the power that's in the name of Jesus accomplish many supernatural and amazing things in the earth through you and through me. Why? Because we have faith in God. Amen?